Oh shit, I, it was my job to do the cold open. Fuck. Well, now we're here. We're here, everyone. We're back. This Haven't is fucking us? embarrassing. Haven't you missed this specific dynamic? I hope we include the um the, the, the second of pause there where I was supposed to be talking and just fucking wasn't. I hope that made it in. Oh, you know And what? everyone was like, what's happening here? If I edit it, there's going to be a further joke because usually the dun-dun in our music, it fades in and we start talking. I'm just going to let it run and... <laughs> And there will be an extra pause. Yeah, no, I, I, I would be doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, good. Now the audience cool, can play great. who edited the episode, and they'll never know. Oh, fucking hell. Um, now that we're all caught up with that fucking bullshit, um, welcome. Hi, everybody. Hey, Devin. How's it going? How are you doing today? I'm doing about as well as I usually am. I'm going through some, like body image issues Ugh, that's a bummer yeah stop it i wish i could but eh, we're here <laughs> get better i like um hi everybody oh, welcome to original podcast do not steal the podcast where once a week um i show up and i tell Devin to get better and then i don't provide any constructive ways of doing that that's the that's the whole podcast concept all right goodbye um, <laughs> support us on patreon <laughs> <laughs> we just did it that was an episode uh, original podcast do not steal is a weekly podcast in which every week um devin and i and sometimes someone who isn't devin and i but not this week um uh and i'm always there don't think about it i'm always there um we uh take some sort of an original property uh, a franchise uh, what have you and we make an original character in that property um for fun and then you all make fan art of it because you love our little our little Blorbo, our little meow meow, our um, our shit. That's all I have. You were um, really you were stretching for a rule of three and you couldn't find one. There's there are more of them. There's like a ton of those. You like that's like it's like a Tumblr thing. Um, it's your Blorblo, your Blorbos, your meow meows, your um. I don't know. It's just like words for like when people are big fans of characters. Basically, is all it is. But they like made it into like a like a meme. Um. Oh Tumblr. So what are we doing today? It's your episode. You fucking tell me. All right. I reversed. I'm supposed. I'm supposed to say what it is and then ask you to to what the thing is. So then I can explain. Yeah. Because you're not gonna know what the thing is. So Amber, do you know what a creepy freak is? I have no idea what a creepy freak is. Excellent. Cool. Me too. I have never heard time. this word in my life. Okay. So creepy freaks were a series of miniature collectible tabletop board games that operated on the HeroClix system. Do you remember HeroClix? Yes, actually. Okay, cool. Good. Well, HeroClix is still around and creepy freaks is not. Because Creepy Freaks was kind of built on a house upon shifting sands, and we'll get into that. But real quick, I'm just going to talk about Heroclix. They're mm -hmm. around. They have a lasting legacy in the sense that I can go to my local comic book store and find Heroclix because they right. operated on the Funko Prop principle of nothing is too obscure. If you right. make it and call it a collectible, a nerd will buy it. I own a Son of Zorn <laughs> Funko it's Pop. True. Because where else am I get to, gonna get Son of Zorn anything? While we're here, I do own a couple of Funko Pops. Just getting confessional on air. Um, Every, everyone owns. Uh, listen, I follow 
Funko Pops versus Nandroids on Twitter, and even I own a few Funko Pops. We all own them. They're convenient and there. And sometimes you get them as gifts, and you don't want to throw it out because it's a gift. How Someone rude. Gave you that. <laughs> That's a great skit, though. Someone gets you a Funko <laughs> Pop, and you just choss that fucker in the trash. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so it's like a it's a it's a gaming thing. It's a thing for gamers. Yes, creepy freaks is a thing for gamers. <laughs> um. Okay. So, is that what we're doing today? Are you just asking me to make a Funko Pop original character? Is that what's happening here, Devin? No, we'll get specifically into how creepy freaks work because they're two drafts away from being a really great idea, and I think we could really play around in that wheelhouse. Also, okay. I know how to find the unaired Creepy Freaks pilot. Okay. And that's just a thing I enjoy doing with people. I'm like, hey, man, have you ever seen Creepy Freaks? And inevitably they go, no, what's that? And then I show right. them the unaired I Creepy I would also Freaks say pilot. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, okay. I, I don't think I'm going to find a spot to talk about this organically. But Skeletal so just, Homie so just do it. is my favorite thing ever. And I want to own him. I wrote this whole script. It's like three pages. And the ending bit is just... Hold on, let me just pull it up. Okay. While Devin is pulling it up, um, I'm just going to... I'm going to tell you all a funny joke. Um, So, um, uh, okay, okay, no, I've got one. Here we go. Um, Funny joke time. How is that? How is that? Did that work for everybody? Is everybody laughing? Is everybody laughing at the funny joke? Cool, great. I'm glad. I know you're all saying yes right now, so I don't really like. Obviously, why wouldn't you be? You know, so um, glad you all enjoyed it. I guess is 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 what I'm saying. It's doubly funny because the second you were like a funny joke, I I scrolled to the bottom of the script and I had it. <laughs> The- I'm glad that everybody enjoyed that I took time away from Devin saying things about the episode in order to do that funny joke that I'm sure we all liked. It's the first shirt. Funny joke. But the script literally ends with big dumb closing rant about just wanting to buy the character Skella Homie. That's the end of this script. <laughs> 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 I just I want to own Skella Homie. I want a plushie, and I want to say that Skella Homie's a character I own. Whiz Kids, you're doing nothing with this IP. Sell it to. I'll give you money for Skella Homie. He's great. And presumably, also, uh, we will be hearing that same rant um, at the end of this very episode. So everybody, stay tuned for that. This is known in the in the, in the industry as foreshadowing. So creepy freaks. How do I want? I'm going to talk about narrative syntax real quick. Actually, no. Please. I'm going to talk about what B-Mask calls the aha principle, but what I... No, he calls the aha moment, but what I like to call the fighting game principle. And this is actually payoff, because I told you all I'd do this way back in the Mortal Kombat episode, but we haven't covered a fighting game since, so I guess we're here. But fighting games have the best character design almost of all time, pretty universally you've never played a fighting game with bad character design and for the most part that comes out of necessity you're in an arcade you have 60 seconds to pick from a huge roster of characters and there is no time for lore there's no time for backstory you get character portrait a little bit of animation and a name and that has to tell you everything you need to know about this character you've just invested your hard-earned quarters into so you just need a design that tells you everything i don't know what a king of iron fist is 
but when I put my character select to king, I go, oh, that's a that's a mask. That's a tiger mask. He's got the tights and the spandex. He's a luchador. I know what's going to happen. I don't know what a Ryu is, but when I click on him, I go, oh, wait, this man has no shoes. And the one thing he owns, this gi is ripped and tattered. He's some weird homeless fight man who values the primal nature, the combat of martial prowess over material goods. If I explain to you Yamazaki's back, Ryuji Yamazaki's backstory from King of Fighters, it will make less sense than if you just click him, play as him, and go, oh, this is a sadistic man who delights in the torture of others because his down B, it's not down B, it's quarter circle B, but I don't think you play fighting it. I'm ranting. Anyways, his quarter circle B is literally him kicking dirt in your eyes and laughing at you. I get it now. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I, You're right that I don't play fighting games. Um, I am trans, so... And this this episode is getting recorded like a week after the thing with Bridget happened. I don't know who Bridget is or what Guilty Gear is, but I have gathered that it is a fighting game of some kind. Um, and the trans people online are, are very excited about it. They should be because... <sighs> Do you want me to talk about Guilty Gear for a second? It's, uh, you can be quick. I believe in you. So, Guilty Gear is a game that has always had LGBTQ representation, and it did it in a very respectfully and subdued manner. And now it's just kind of being pointed at and recognized, and they've been like, no, 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 you're, 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 fan- you're, you're right, you're right. Yeah, Venom's been gay the whole time. He's been in love with his boyfriend, and his story hasn't been about him being in love with his boyfriend and being gay. It's about him having a fundamentally toxic relationship with his boyfriend and getting over that and becoming a better person. Same thing applies to Bridget. Same thing applies to Testament. Same thing applies to so many characters in that catalog. Venom's the one who's my favorite, so I can talk about it real quick. That's that's a just a bit Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear's great. Everyone should go play it. They've done the best at transitioning from sprites to 3D animation, in my opinion. Wow, that was quick. I actually was ready for that to go way, way longer. Congratulations. Well done. I did it. So, Creepy Freaks doesn't have this aha moment, and there's a bit in the script. uh, Let me pull it up. A narrative through line, a consistent design principle resulting in clarity. It immediately allows you to get to the thing you're exploring's bigger ideas and emotions. An acorn, the core concept being so immediately recognizable, no one is lost when exploring all of the branches that sprout from the tree. Creepy Freaks doesn't have that. Because with Creepy Freaks designs, you'll have a rabbit who throws turds at you, a snowman made of snot, a cyclops who picks your nose, a human-sized cockroach who sprays pesticides, and a goddamn fire elemental. I'm still not over it. I bought this pack of creepy freaks when I was a child, and there's a fire elemental, and I don't know why she's here. Also, Skelehomey and a slugman who farts. That's his thing. Could it be that the fire elemental is there because she is... Hot? Devin? You there, Devin? Devin, you there? You can't see the Devin, you there? Because we're on a phone, but I want you to know I actually the... feel like I can see it. <laughs> it's the look that says, congratulations, we found the worst joke. We found the center of the universe, and it's a bad joke. <laughs> oh, I also, real quick, because... I wrote this into my script, and I think I'm the one person who ever found it, but the lasting legacy of Creepy Freaks is not 
the fact that you can buy all of them for $10 on eBay, which is a failure of miniatures, because please look up most expensive Warhammer mini and just know that $10 is a loss. But it is one guy's blog where the one bit of praise I remember him saying is, quote, and I'm pro anything that says homie, because that feels risque in this era of uber politically correct toys and i don't know what the fuck a politically correct toy is um you know it's a toy that's woke you know it's an sjw toy i'm assuming he's upset because there's like a black barbie in a wheelchair or whatever but um that's it that's the last legacy of creepy freaks is that it's woke Is that it's not it's woke. It's SJW trash? Oh, it's not woke. Okay. It's not woke because Skella Homie has the word homie in it. Oh, got it. Okay, cool. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Also, I am big obsessed with Skella Homie, mostly because when I watched it with Taylor, Skella Homie's... <laughs> his, uh-huh. His final line is he goes, For shizzle, my nizzle, I've even been in a few. <laughs> and Taylor <laughs> just burst into laughter it was like my nigga you cannot say for shizzle my nizzle on a children's cartoon and amber since you're white allow me to translate that means for yeah, sure please. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Motherfucker>. <laughs> that's what for shizzle my nizzle means would you believe that i actually could tell that information <laughs> okay follow-up question um and this is gonna sound fucking stupid and just bear with me here yeah um is that actually a phrase that anyone has said? I always assumed that was not a phrase that anyone had ever said before. Has anyone said that phrase actually? Not in my real life, but yeah, it's a thing that's been said. Okay, well, I only, like, we're young enough and I'm white enough that I only ever knew that as, like, like in like in cartoons when you have the principal trying and failing to sound cool, like he would say that. Yeah, it's in, like the fat boys era rap god remember the fat boys they'd rap no. about being fat and going to buffet there's the, they got a whole Good rap for them. about going to the beach or, that rules and like several rappers have bars shouting out the fat boys when they died <laughs> i think jay-z in particular has a lie where it's like rap ain't been the same since the fat boys passed and it's like my nigga what they rapped about buffets <laughs> <laughs> the game has not been the same since we lost the Fat Boys. <laughs> fat Boys OC when? Oh, I'm not doing. I don't fucking I, I, <laughs> like. I I was like, I was like, can we do a band OC? And I was like, yeah, we could do a fucking ICP and or a Proto Mend OC. That makes sense to me. I don't know if I'm comfortable doing a Fat Boys OC. <laughs> yeah, that's wise. That's correct. So so the yeah. I'm almost done. The, no go. Yeah. The thing that gets me about these designs is I don't know if Creepy Freaks wants to be scary, like a giant cockroach just race breast decides at you is scary. I don't know if it wants to be gross, like it's got this real late ninety or late eighties, early nineties gross out, gacked, garbage pale kids, creepy crawly skeletons yeah, or whatever. Garbage pale kids. Yeah. yeah thing. And sometimes, but sometimes it wants to be fun, kooky, and those are three distinct emotions you're trying to elicit from an audience. John Carpenter's The Thing is scary because of the air of paranoia and mistrust. The two hillbillies in, oh, what the fuck is his name? In the back of my Dracula. In Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween, talking about how they like necrophilia is gross, and Goosebumps is spooky, scary Halloween vibes. 
Right. Like, what am I supposed to feel looking at Skelahomie other than completely aroused because he is the perfect Absolutely. No, I was going to say, like, lust, right? Yeah. Yeah, I want to fuck Skelahomie. I want to own him. I want to own Skelahomie. I'm excited to announce that for once you've described it and I like immediately have an idea and we, I want to wait until you're done before we go for it, but. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause it's just, I'm at the, I'm at the point where there is, there's a part in the script where I talk about why the human designs are good comma actually, but we're not going to make a human who is a creepy freak collector. We're not even going to talk about the pilot. It's fine. It's a serviceable pilot, but most of these designs are muddled. They don't have that through line where I understand what I'm looking at and there are bigger ideas to explore. But there is one. I believe he's called Toilety. I always forget his name, but his special move <laughs> No, he's is, fucking not. I believe he's called Toilety because his special move is the swirly surprise where he, like, drowns you into his toilet body. And I go, oh, oh no, 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 no. I, I get it. Because pulling from mythology... And other weird things is confusing, like the snot man and the Easter bunny who throw turds at you. That's a riff on holiday icons. But toilety, I get that's taking a childhood fear and turning it into a fun monster. So when, because we were all afraid of the toilet, right? We thought we'd flip right, it. Yeah, it's yeah. this weird thing you don't understand. So you can connect with adults they can look at and go oh i remember being afraid of that and with kids you can give them an outlet for the fear they're currently chasing them and providing them this playground to assert power over that fear there's a great idea there for so and monster under the bed is another one of those because he's just a monster under the bed and what kid isn't scared of that there's two designs that stand out as a great idea and the rest are just like i don't know he picks your nose like come on (laughs) okay yeah try a little bit but yeah that's mostly what i have to say about creepy freaks okay you may have negated the idea that i was going to go for there because the thing that i was going to go for is not based on an early childhood fear if we're going with like early childhood fear then i'm like then i'm like i don't know do we do like a like a spider like what's yeah that's spooky and scary where i thought we'd have a good idea to go with i am curious about your idea because we've gone kind of short and creepy freaks is muddled so we can have two things that don't really make sense together Okay, so my immediate thought upon hearing you say all of those things um, is, uh, Devin, I know that you like jack-o'-lantern villains, because who doesn't love a jack-o'-lantern villain? Jack-o'-lantern villains comfortably sit, like, right in the boundaries in between um, spooky fun and could be kind of scary if played right, especially if one of the best ways I think you could make that work is if you lean into the gross angle and you give our, like, jack-o'-lantern figure, like, a rotted head. Like, it's not a fresh jack-o'-lantern. Um, uh, the thing is, 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 it's gross. It's gnarly. It's grim. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is that anything? Is is that, um... I love that. And we're gonna pursue (coughs) that, and then we'll slide around to the other idea, because that, that one, like writes itself pretty fast right rotting mm-hmm. headless horseman but what if the head was right. rotting and he exactly. does puke he does that big nasty gunk that's inside pumpkins so then the question is how do we tie it into that other thing that we just talked about oh you do a separate one that's not connected at all because creepily freak design <laughs> principle is muddled <laughs> okay so we're is, are we're just saying we're making two ocs is that what's happening here yeah did i not make that clear Oh, sure. No, I just thought we were going to... I I was under the impression we were going to choose two things and then turn them into one thing somehow. No, we can just do two, two, two OCs. That's fine. Yeah, two Usually OCs. We, 
Puking We've done two OCs before. Usually they have some kind of a relationship to one another. Um, like we'll make two twins or whatever. Um, I'm not like strictly opposed to doing it a different way. Um, I it feels weird for there not to be a re- like a reason for them to uh, uh, to to both be characters in the same episode. You know what I mean? I don't know because. I can see why you'd feel that way, but in my brain, I've lived with creepy freaks not making sense and just having a play bag of whatever the fuck for so long that it makes the sure, most right. sense to me. Sure, right. Okay, I mean, no, you're, you're the expert in the franchise. If you think that's the way to go, then I am open to that. Um, I'm, for the I'm, franchise that consists of, like, 12 figures in a 12-minute unaired pilot. So, okay, should we just... Should we do the thing we did with the Kim Possible episode where we just make, like, six different characters and none of them oh, have any fucking yeah, depth at all? Yeah, we're making an expansion pack for Creepy Freaks. Shout at us, Wiz Kids. Here's a free expansion pack for the series you stopped doing. Okay, okay, so um, how many characters are in an expansion pack? I think four. I think it's four to pack. I haven't bought Hero Clicks in so goddamn long. Sure. Okay, then we should make four. I'm gonna actually, you know what? I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna Google how many, how many characters in a hero clicks set. Well, it says that starter sets come with six to eight characters. Um, it's not clear to me uh, if a starter set is like a different thing. I'm pretty sure the starter set is the big box, like your starting thing, as opposed to an expansion set where you're just getting a few extra guys. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm good with four. What what number sounds right yeah, to you? Yeah, fuck it. Let's just do four. It's fine. All right, so we got Puke and Jack, the headless horseman with a rotting pumpkin head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, you've seen Fraggle Rock, right? I actually have never seen an actual episode of Fraggle Rock. Like, I'm aware of Fraggle Rock. Oh, wow. I know, right? It seems out of character for me. I don't like to advertise it because I like to seem like a, like a cool Muppets fans who's seen all of the stuff, but I... I haven't seen all of the stuff. I've only seen some of the stuff. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna come another way around. You've played Candyland. I uh, yes, I have played Candyland. You've got me on that one. Remember the one who's like sentient melted chocolate? I think he's Fudge. Yeah, the 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 he they of the day, Glooble or whatever his name is. That, but garbage, literal smelly, stinky garbage. That's just that's Grimer from Pokemon. Son of a bitch! I mean, I'm not opposed to that. We can just have it be basically uh, Grimer from Pokemon, but with more visible trash bits in it. Okay, well, if it's uh, then we need like at least one more thing to make it legally distinct from Grimer from Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm okay oh. with just it. Oh no, go! It has several mouths. Ooh, I like that a lot. Absolutely. And his name is Phil. Do we need to give them all names? <laughs> if we don't think too hard about it. Okay, then then we gotta then we gotta come up with a name for our jack o' lantern friend. Oh, that's why I've been calling him Puke and Jack. Oh, Puke and Jack, great, perfect. Um. And Philly the landfill. Philly the landfill, Jesus fucking Christ. Thanks, I hate it. 
I will say that I want the last one to be the the part where it's like, no, there's like an idea here that works. That's the one I want to actually try and be serious as opposed to these fucking joke losers. Devin, what the fuck was I afraid of as a child? I was afraid of, um, I was afraid of getting swallowed whole. I was afraid of vor as a child. That was like a, a weird specific, like being inside of a human body. Like there were all those like health works exhibits where you like climb around inside of like a giant model of a human heart or whatever. I would be afraid going on slides as a kid because it was like, oh my god, what if this turned into an intestines? Like some like Truly that was a genuine fear that I had in my in my child brain. Um Yeah, because some child fears are just nonsense, right? It's just like, well that can't happen. It's like children don't know things can't happen. Right. Anything could happen. Right. But I okay. I think, yeah, you combine those two things, being eaten and playgrounds, so it's a sentient playground that eats kids. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> yeah, of course it's a sentient playground that eats kids. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't it be that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I. you know what? I haven't seen a lot of monsters that are sentient playgrounds that eat kids. I've seen sentient houses. <laughs> I haven't seen a sentient playground. I think what's something I was scared of as a kid. Uh, my my immediate thought that was very stupid was like, well, like you're afraid of your body, right? And so you make just like a smelly teenager with acne and a wispy mustache, and it's like you're a creepy freak. And he's like, yep, I'm disgusted. <laughs> That's fucking stupid. I kind of love it. Um, like. It kind of reads to me as, like, fear of growing up a little bit. Um, yeah, that's what I wanted. And I was like, well, how do you express growing up that's also gross out? And it's just, like, fucking nasty zits and a wispy mustache. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, And he's stinky. Of course he is. Um. Okay, so that that uh, that's, like, a... That's... Oh, it's... That's already it's, four. <laughs> it's Peter Pan. Like, he's... he's he, he looks like Peter Pan, because, right, Peter Pan is about the, the inevitability of growing up. So there, right. there we go. I did it. But he's, like, like this Smelly. weird, wispy teenager. Um. <laughs> he just got matted hair. It's so it's so thick and stuck to his forehead because he's so sweaty. He's just sweaty all the time, and it's awful. That's already... So that's already four. That's already four. Do we... Do we do we want to make more of them, or do we want to just like come up with a fun fact a piece about each of them? Why I kind of love. I- I'm okay with it being a shorter episode. Like it's kind of fun that it's just like come up with shitty guys. Yeah. <laughs> you, you said shitty. Oh God, I we we are not working at all for this one because you said shitty guy, and I was like, huh, you know, it'd be funny. Toilety's cousin. It's a porta potty who's alive. Stop it. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm down for a shorter episode to reflect the short l- run life creepy freaks had. <laughs> One fun fact a piece about our legion of losers. <laughs> okay, um, so it's in the hero click system, right? So this is like this is like analog games, right? Yeah, I'm actually un- okay. Actually, no, I'm gonna be honest. You said analog games, and I did the thing I do where people ask me for directions, and I go, yeah, you know what you're talking about. Right, exactly. But uh, but it's not. It's video games. Analog analog is, like, non-digital. It's, like, like using material components. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, it's non-digital. It's you have the little mini and you click it when you get hit and it moves you down the condition track or whatever. Great. Here's my fun fact about Philly the Landfill. Is he's made out of the same plastic that the original stink or figure from He-Man is, which means you get him and he's stinky. He smells <laughs> bad. Is that real? That That's a real sense. thing. That's where stunk or came from. I'm not... <laughs> We'll do a He-Man episode later. That's another. I'm planting the seeds. All right, here's my fun fact about Pukey Jack. Yeah. He speaks in a very regal, sophisticated, high-society British accent, and he really Mm -hmm. wants you to take him seriously, but he also just (laughs) pukes all the time. (laughs) Stupid baby. (laughs) That's a really good one. Uh, it's this is this is sort of like going to be a little bit of a synecdoche for how the entire dynamic of the podcast works because um, uh, you are doing the thing where you put in a lot of effort and I'm going to be putting in a little bit of effort because you're coming up with fun facts for every single one of them. But I heard make a fun fact and I just immediately came up with a fun fact about like the the pack in which they are all released collectively. All right. Give me it. All right, so um, uh, the 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 second edition of the pack, the second like wave of releases, um, uh, there is this big printing error where all of their like color palettes got swapped, like um, uh, they got like painted incorrectly, um, uh, with like the wrong colors. And it's fucking ultra rare creepy freaks. Yeah, and so there are like there's like there's like collectible versions that are like misprints. Um, that just like look objectively shittier. Um. Uh, the sentient playground. You do the Pokemon thing where it's this is a surprisingly sad backstory, but it's sentient because it has the soul of a child who died at the playground and it's Absolutely. need to eat children is because uh-huh. it wants to have other kids to play with, but it's too much of a monster to express that. Uh-huh. And now I just have puberty pan and i was gonna he's perpetually an intern like it's the simpsons bit where it's like oh my boss is gonna kill me it's just that (laughs) bit again because it's creepy freaks and we don't have to try (laughs) right exactly and that everyone that's a sode those are ocs oh thanks thanks hero clicks for the for the sponsorship thanks for paying us they haven't paid us a time of recording i'm just assuming that they're gonna send us a bunch of money upon hearing about these characters that we've made um i can't see any reason they would <laughs> the company's whiz kids so that's who we at when we post yeah, yeah, yeah. this one hey whiz kids thanks for listening thanks for sending us money which i know you're going to do when you listen to this so you know listen, thank you in whiz- advance for that Whiz kids, like I said, you don't have to pay me in money. You can just pay me in the rights to Skelahomey so that I can have that plush and own it, and I can go to a con with my Skelahomey plush and be like, yeah, you know how the super best friends, they own Zubaz? Well, <laughs> losers, I own Skelahomey, okay? You see this guy right here? And that's how everyone will know that you're not woke. <laughs> You'll be able to make so much... This is how you get in on the grift, Devin. I know you've been trying to get on the grift for so long. This is how you do it. You do it through Skelahomey. I just, I go to C2E2 in a shirt that says not woke, and I have a big stupid Skelahomey plush, and I just walk around <laughs> complaining that, like, Ironheart and Miles Morales don't deserve to be Iron Man and Spider-Man, and it was just pandering. That's all I do. That's all I do in my shirt that says not woke. And <laughs> You're going to make so much money. Plush. You're going to make so much money, Devin. <laughs> Goodbye, soul. Hello, cash.
Alright, well, this has been an episode of Original Podcast Do Not Steal. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Please come back for next week's episode of Original Podcast Do Not Steal, in which Devin tries to get us to talk about professional wrestling, but instead, at long last, we are going to be talking about the Twilight Saga. I'm going to have more to say and get more personal on that episode than I expected. And getting personal... Amber, did I do the question? I don't think you did. Fuck. Okay, we got to do the intro at the end here. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Well, it's coming back to remembering it now because I remembered this is how it's going to start. And so, Amber, I apologize if I ask this question like Glenn Greenwald, which is to say, too fucking long, Glenn. Shut the fuck up. I but you and I you. are What's both up? creative, right? We both pursued creative endeavors to a different yeah. extent. We, we both like- have a lot of creative projects all the time. Yeah, you're like a professional game designer because the only distinction between unprofessional and professional is my brain is like made money off of it and like strategic. What the name? What's the name of your game? Um, Scherzando is the one you're thinking about. Scherzando, but that's a thing people can buy, right? It's a thing people can buy. It's a thing that you can buy right now on the internet by googling Scherzando RPG and just going to the drive-through RPG uh, link that's there. You can buy Skirtsondo, a musical play- tabletop role-playing game about things going explosively wrong in which you play both the characters and the soundtrack. Always be plugging. Yeah, I've sent friends a link to it. So I find that when you go down a creative path, at the very least professionally, there comes the moment where you go, oh, wait, I can just do it? Like, it's not, I, I can, like, nothing is stopping me. Did you have that moment when you were making Skirtsondo? Um... I feel like I've had that moment before Scherzando. Scherzando is interesting because it's a really large scale project. Like that was a project where like I got funding from Northwestern University to run that project. Like that, like it was not inexpensive. We got like a professional artist to work on it. We got a professional um, editor slash cultural consultant. Like, like he like and he worked on the like the, our cultural consultant worked on. Um, uh, the Avatar, the last Airbender RPG, which is like the highest selling non D and D RPG of all time. Um, our, oh, we got, wow. we got like the artist who does all the art for like all the Contra Points videos. Like it was a large scale project. Um, for 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 us, for like individual people, and um, so we, like I don't know. Yeah, there there like was this moment. Um, uh, after we got the funding and when when like this world of like professionals opened to us and i think the main moments the two moments for me that i would count as being big moments there related to each other were one there was like this um we went to gen con which is like the biggest um uh like like uh, gaming convention in the world um uh, it's in indianapolis which is like pretty close to where we were at the time and we went to gen con and we ran the game a couple times there and we met um uh, we met one of our mentors, Avenel, there. Um, uh, thank you, Avenel. Um, and uh, and she like started putting us in touch with people and invited us to Metatopia, which is another convention in in Jersey, which is like another one of the. It's the other moment that I'm about to talk about. Um, and like at both of those conventions, and especially at Metatopia, we were like meeting people whose work we had like researched and used as inspirations when we started the project like you start the project and we did a bunch of research on like all of the games that had been made so far and we like we like heard about all these names you know we we we, like learned about who like jason morningstar is and we learned about um uh you know alex roberts and all these people what 
Jason Satan? Jason Morningstar. Yeah, that, that's 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 what Lucifer's name was when he was in heaven. That's what. The... Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, maybe that's an maybe that's maybe that's a chosen name, um, or like a professional name or something. Uh, he's the lead designer of Fiasco. Um, anyway, uh, we heard about all these designers, um, uh, and then at some point, like we went to Metatopia and we started to like meet those people, and they just became like people. And like I'm like I'm friends with some of them now, and it was like this moment where like the world shrank, um, and my like understanding of like what I who I needed to be and what I needed to do in order to design tabletop role playing games got just like so much smaller. Um, yeah, that was that moment for me. What about you? Hey, hell yeah, dope. Um, I'm not professionally creative in any sense. I don't think I've been paid for any of this. Well, I guess I'm a professional editor because I got paid to edit once. So my more low stakes version of that, I'm just going to talk about making YouTube videos for a second. Because mm -hmm. when I made the Ice Climbers video, I was like, oh, I can just make a video that feels like sequelettes. That's a thing I can do. But when I made the Punisher video, I was like, oh, I can make the type of YouTube videos I enjoy. Like the stuff I think is like I come to YouTube for that type of content. But I think the moment and that that was very important for me just to like be able to pursue this thing that I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. But I think kind of the gratifying version, because none of those videos did particularly well, was that first Dungeons and Daddies video I did. That's like the third most viewed video on the channel. But more than that, the reason I want to make YouTube videos is because I feel like I have ideas and takes about various media that is worthy of engaging that could help someone understand it on a more fundamental level and when i made that dungeons and daddies video it was one of the few times i got feedback wherein people were giving me their takes and really engaging with the ideas like the laura olympus video people told yeah. me it was funny or charming and i like that that's cool please do that i have a fragile ego but the dungeons and daddies ones people were telling me about the ways they either thought i was wrong or how season two does live up to the potential or things that and i was like this rocks this is like what i want this that's is always so what i've wanted yeah but All yeah, right. We did the questions at the end. We did and, the questions uh, at the end. <laughs> uh, the other thing was my power to monetize the friendship, except remember where the questions go. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, I feel like I should do all the outro stuff, but we've already done all of that. So. Bye. <laughs>